Hello and a warm welcome to the TNC podcast. It's official. Norwich City's hopes of Premier League football next season are over. The 2022-2023 season is categorically, factually a failure. Ooh. How's things? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? I'll be really honest uh, with, with the audience, Jack. I'm sure you won't mind me saying. I said to Jack, Jack messaged me. I'm normally the one that's like messaging you like, can't wait for the pod next week. Bam, 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 bam. This week, I didn't message Jack. No. And I got a message from you, didn't I, saying like, you know. Pod what, tomorrow, like, question mark? Yeah, what's the podcast? And, and I just said, you know what? I, I can't be asked. It was a tough, I just, tough negotiation yeah, to get you like, here. I actually was trying, I was, I was actively trying to put you off, wasn't Ooh. I? Um, but in the end, we've done it. I'm not sure why, but, we, but we've done it. Um, I just feel like, Jack, we're going to be saying the same shit all over again, But that's again, what aren't we've we? been doing all season, and it hasn't stopped us. <laughs> to a degree. I mean, your opening segment there, um, it's, you know, it's over, it's a failure. I just, I cast my mind back to mill all the way, mm. and I just think, fucking hell. What could it be, eh? Like, the lads can play. Mm. We saw them at the start of David Wagner's um, tenure yeah. um, obviously very much the honeymoon period new manager bounce new uh, belief style tactics to, to, to go at as soon as the injuries have happened we've just fallen off a cliff mm. I'm not sure you can just blame the injuries mind you but I just honestly think at the moment with Norwich City I'm 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 between three things depressed genuinely mm. <laughs> apathy and anger and I just and I go between those three. I'd say every hour, yeah. every day. I think the I think the thing I keep thinking. I'm, I I feel frustrated more than anything because it feels like this season could have been another one where we probably our best opportunity of the last three times yeah. we've done it this season. I just I, I do look back, Chris, and now that the dust has settled somewhat, and it will over the next couple of weeks and more when we can really start to dissect the season. But I look at it and go, did they ever believe? Did they honestly ever think that they were good enough to get in the playoffs? Because I don't know if they did. I just No, I, I don't. I don't know. But Jack, I've said this from day dot. I've said this from the beginning of this season. This squad's mentality is down the toilet. Mm. And that is because of the lack of turnover within the team. Um, that's because of the 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 lack of fresh faces um and it's also the lack of exits as well we yeah. dean smith wanted a large squad going into the campaign admittedly holding our hands up we were quite we were thinking that that yeah. was actually yeah. advantageous first thing david wagner does is actually says oh god this squad's too big let's lean it up and again it's going to probably happen in the summer so i don't know mate it's the same same spiel for me there's fires everywhere on and off the pitch you know where where do you begin? I mean, maybe maybe we have to start with with uh, being bossed at Brom. Well, I think yeah, I think we have to start with West Brom, and I, I must say, a story of the season for for twenty minutes in that first half. I'm looking at us and going, okay, this is okay. Like yeah. we we're creating chances, yeah. should have had a penalty. Sergeant should have scored early. Ended up did scoring. Fifth forty five minutes on the clock, you're one nil up. You go, okay, like like nothing's going to happen from this point but and we had chances before Sargent's goal as well Jack right of course he missed an absolute I think it was a sitter sitter. in my opinion he missed a sitter and you go okay and then free kick goes against us should have been ours they put it top bins and you go well there's no point watching this second half because I know what's happening we're losing it and that's the concern is 
yeah. for, for, for large portions of that first half, Norwich were the better side, and yet one mm. thing goes against them, mm. and it's like, it's game over. And yeah. that's the deeply concerning thing for me. Yeah, no, 100%. I think, it, yeah, your, your point about you know whether this squad do, did they ever genuinely believe they were good enough to go up? I'm, I'm not sure as a whole they did. I think, I know that individual players thought that they had the quality to go up, but as a collective, I'm not sure they did. And it goes with all of the reasons that I've already said as, as, to, as to why, Jack. Um, you know, God, we, we need hope and belief and life injected into this football club again because it's gone so stale this season. Mm. So stale. Um, and don't get me wrong, like, you know, the optimist in me is saying, well, actually, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a good thing. People won't like me saying it, but, you know, a lot of people are not renewing their season tickets. Um, and I'm thinking, well, do you know what? If someone's going to turn up in the seat and and, and, and shout and sing um, and give it a bit more mm. than just sitting there and not, you know, at least getting involved, then, then <laughs> to a degree, I'm quite up for a bit of churn there. Mm. But everywhere else, I just think, oh, God. Sorry. Optimism. You're very down, aren't you? No, I am. I am. Mm. Yeah. But, 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 but the reason is, what have I been, what have the optimists yeah. been given to believe in? Well, uh, I have nothing. Yeah. With nothing, and 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 I can't. Uh, I've got a point on David Wagner in a minute, but I'm even looking at the the team selection at Brom, and I'm thinking, what is the point in playing Marquinhos? Mm. What is the point? Well, uh, the, the argument of of you know not playing Puki is that he's not going to be here next season. To a degree, I agree with that, but then that also applies to Marquinhos, who has <laughs> consistently been really poor. Um, I want to talk about Josh Sargent he got the goal against West Brom he's the Mm -hmm. top scorer for this season I think 13 goals I've actually felt a a touch sorry for Josh this season and that might sound strange because I was incredibly critical of him last year and and I don't think he is a Premier League striker and he was signed to be a Premier League striker so on that part we got it wrong but on the whole I think this season when he's been played in his natural position which is a number 9 yeah through the middle. I think he's looked quite good. He's he's powerful. He scored a couple of nice goals. There is also a, a big miss in him, and we've seen that at points this season. But you, you talk about the, the players that aren't our big problems. I think Sargent fits into that category. Yeah. And, I, and I'd love to see Sargent as our main man next season. You'd love to see it, would you? I, well, I, I think if we're... Is that he's where, be, is he's that better where than Adam Eder. Is we that know where that. we've gone? I, I think he's better than Adam Eder. We're losing Pukki and we haven't got the budget, I don't think, to get anyone better than Sargent. And I think when he's played through the middle, Norwich look a lot more cohesive. It's uh, when we when we start yeah. faffing about with wingers that aren't wingers where it becomes problematic. I absolutely agree. And again, you know, to to criticise David Wagner, I have, I have no idea why we've reverted at times back to um, Josh, Adam and Timu. Mm. It's, it's just... Doesn't work. It's, it doesn't work. Categorically, doesn't work. Um, I wouldn't say I'd love to see Sargent up top next season because I still think there's a lot of work there to be done. As you say, there's a big miss in him. Um, however, 13 goals this season, considering circumstances, being played out of position mm. um, in a team that crumbles on confidence, um, feeding off scraps, it's fair to say, up top as well. You know, fair play. And don't forget, young, and don't forget there was a fairly big injury as well mm. um, around the time of the World Cup, wasn't it? Or Sorry, was it just after the World Cup? Yeah, I yeah he just got injured after... in the World Cup, didn't he, I think? So yeah. I think the World Cup took it out of him. So yeah, look, don't get me wrong. I think Josh is, is a player that 
I look forward to seeing next season. It, However, will he I be don't, here? Well, well, yeah. Uh, I, I don't think there's anyone in this team that that if the right money came in would. I, I'm not sure the club would would want to keep them mm. um, because I think there's positives and negatives of keeping everyone really. Um, but the one thing for me is, yeah, I'm, I am optimistic that that Josh will have another good season next season if if. <laughs> He's played in the right position, yeah. Jack. Because at the moment here. he's not being played in the right position. So. I think. I think that the other concerning part for me is, is you know, you, when you chat to people and, and they go, oh, "What do you think for next season?" It's really difficult to assess it at this stage yeah. because you don't know what this squad looks like. Yeah. I mean, I'm even looking at the likes of Angus Gunn. You know. Yeah. I think we're probably assigned to the fact that Sarah and Aaron's will probably be be off. So there's two of your better mm. players going. Even the likes of Sargent. I'm not sure he's going to be yeah. here. And then you're going, whew, yeah. you know, we've struggled this season and, and, yeah. and we've often lacked quality. The small bits of hope that we did have will soon be going. I agree with absolutely everything on this, but um, I, and look, I know that I'm not definitive certain on this, but I do want to, you know, share some hope. I I believe that Gabriel Sarah will be here next season. Really? Yeah, I do. I think it's one that Norwich City fans are expecting to go because of the quality. But I'd flip that and I'd actually say that's the fucking reason why we have to keep him. We, you know, literally lock him in a cage up at Colney. But if you're Sarah, you're going, I don't want a part of this. I don't know, Jack, because he started to make a lot of... Don't forget, he's had to adapt to living in this country. He's had to learn a lot of English, of which, by the way, I understand he's really getting on well with, with, with and I mean this in a non-patronising way. That's a big deal. Mm. He doesn't need the club's translator now to communicate with the team, etc. And so I feel like him moving again, don't get me wrong, for the quality and, and et cetera, et cetera, of course. But I think there'll probably be, be an element of, of Gabby, Sarah's thinking, and also his team's thinking that... Staying at Norwich for one more season is the right thing. I'm optimistic, based upon conversations I'm having at this stage, that Gabriel Sarra will be a Norwich City player mm. next season. Okay. But of course, the caveat is, if we need the dollar, he's going to go. Well, that's exciting. Um, one thing that isn't exciting is the fact that we've got to put up with championship officiating again next season. And, and it, it does make me giggle, Chris, because there's been a lot of stinkers this season. And when... I look back to Reading at home when we gave away that really soft penalty and I kind of go, you know, I'm not going to get angry about that because one will go one way and, yeah. and, and later back in the season, yeah. one, we'll get one our way. And then you see, I think it was on Sarah at the weekend, clear foul in the yes. box, not given. Yes. Their free kick. Ridiculous. A free kick to us, if anything. Absolutely. And you go, oh, like, it, it must be difficult for those lads when... Mm. For, for finally they get themselves in front and then something yeah. goes their way. The, the, the standard's been I th- it's, it's, it's got much, much worse since we were in here before. Mm. Much worse. The EFL have got to sort it out. Equally, it's, we don't want VAR. It's dreadful. So oh, it's absolutely lose, not. Lose. Well, yeah, and, and to be fair, I quite like that from you. A bit of perspective. I'd rather shit officials than VAR mm. because that is, that is a cancer to the game. Mm. It's absolutely fucking atrocious you know you see what it's doing in the Premier League uh, any decision against the greedy six it always goes to, to, to them it's, it's it's absolutely absurd it's absurd so but I am not going to sit here 
and say, and, and I think there was a little bit of that from David Wagner post-match mm. at Brom, which was, oh, you know, decisions didn't go away, etc. We don't want to hear it. Mm. We, you know, th- this... You know this team have got the quality yeah. to be in and amongst it this season. I spoke to someone uh, who was associated with another championship football club this season, and um, who basically said he would absolutely kill to have the quality that Norwich City have had mm. this season, and that it's absolutely dreadful that we find ourselves with. Well, uh, it is a failure. Like you know, if she, you know. She, well, it's absolutely. I mean, they, Stuart said the aim of this club is to be a top twenty-six side. We're now officially not a top twenty-six even, side. But even post that quote, there was another quote saying that we need to, you know, we need to be in and around the top two this season. And the mm. fact that we've not been been near it has been dreadful. The thing that the, the thing is, I do want to squash something, Jack, and 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 this is this. Uh, sorry, I'm going to attempt to share my point around it. You're obviously entitled to your own, of course. I am a bit frustrated about this new narrative that's coming through, which is around Dean Smith. Mm. Okay, any Norwich fan with their head screwed on watched Dean Smith's football, and I was like, "Look, if Dean Smith comes in and he gets wins, fine. Yeah, let's. Ju- that's okay. But as soon as you don't get wins, it's it's shit. It's dreadful yeah. to watch." Um, but it is and at of the course, moment. and 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 th- and I, th- and this isn't a question, but I, I've screenshotted this from Twitter, and this is from Daniel Emery, who I think actually shares a lot of good stuff on Twitter. So go and follow him for for Norwich City bits and bobs. Um, he says the Dean Smith had us fifth conversation has cropped up again. By the time we kicked off the next game after his last match, Norwich were tenth in the table and were on a run of three wins in thirteen. Wagner then won six of nine to put us back in contention mm. before the injuries, and and, and I, I I couldn't have worded it as articulately yeah, as, yeah. as, as Daniel. I think that's bang on. I think fair point. There's this new conversation of you know Wagner's record is worse than Dean Smith, and of course, as we like to say, facts don't care about feelings. It is, but there's a lot of meat on the bone here. There's a lot of context to put in. And don't get me wrong, I want to make this clear, as I hope that I have been for the last three podcasts. David Wagner is not void of criticism. He deserves to be criticised. One win in 10 games with this squad is absolutely disgraceful. Mm. It's disgraceful. It's it's actually a record that could see you sacked. Well, it's embarrassing. It, it's a record that at most other championship clubs, it would see you sacked. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that's valid. But what I think is not valid for me is this, oh, we may as well have stuck with Dean Smith. Mm. I think that that is lunacy. Um, and, and I'm seeing the same conversation crop up about Daniel Farker as well. Like, you know, we, he had no plan B. His Premier League record was diabolical. It was the right thing to do at that point to make the change. Mm. Arguably sooner, as Christoph Zimmerman mentioned and hinted at strongly in his exclusive podcast with us just the other week. But the problem was Stuart then replaced him with... Uh, what's the word I'm using for? He, um, in hindsight... Mm. He replaced him with the wrong man, yeah. right? But we can't go backwards. That's yeah, where we yeah, are. Yeah. But anyway, that was just something that, this week that annoyed me. Yeah. People now going back to Dean Smith. It's like, no, come on. You know, I think I think if I think if David Wagner is given the funds to to build a a, a, a team at least a starting eleven that can play his style of football mm. from the first minute to the ninetieth minute. <laughs> I think it's a very a good valid chance. point, and I think the, the the really intriguing thing out of that tweet that I've taken is have gone so Wagner won his first 
won six of his first nine games. Which yeah, is a, is a really impressive record. Yeah, like how has it gone that bad since? Like we've had injuries, well, right? Yeah, and I, and I get that, but surely it's not all down to that. And I know that there's you, you always get the bounce, and then teams start to figure you out yeah. a little bit. But I'm looking at that and going, how has it gone so wrong so quickly? Well, I think it. I think it was triggered by the injuries, but mm. then all the other problems turn on, like a domino effect as a mm. consequence of the injuries. The record at home. The record at home is important. The toxic atmosphere gets worse and worse. And rightly so, by the way. Absolutely. You know, I, I completely empathise with, with why fans feel that way. Um, you know, and I, I, I look back, Chris, to when we pumped Preston and we scored four at Coventry and the win against Millwall and how we played against Blackburn. And I go... Yes. This team is capable of yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. But I think, as you say, when you start losing football matches, yeah. it then amplifies other issues. You, yeah, a hundred percent. All the all the off the pitch stuff comes to the fore, which you obviously don't want to even think about yeah. as a as a football fan. Um, you, there is something that I want to highlight, which I think is sort of epitomised. We, we we have to talk about it. Um, as much as people at the club won't want us to talk about it, is what summarises where we are at is, of course, after the game mm. at West Brom, Andy Hughes decides to uh, have a pe- have a period of time very close to the Norwich City fans. Um, it's absolutely a confrontation. Yeah. I'm not having it was... It wasn't, you know, it he, wasn't he a just, friendly conversation. You know, I'm not having he wanted to... Like, don't get me wrong, I think he went over with the best intentions. But to then stay there, I think it was really, really silly and, and completely needless. And it sums up, again, like we said in the podcast last time around, the fracture between the club, and the the team of people in and around the first team, and, and, and the supporters. I do. I think, there's, I think it was a shame because that could have quite easily turned into a really positive... Um, yes yes communication yes but, look i wasn't there so i haven't got but i've spoken to people there and i've seen the videos what i saw was a man in hughes antagonizing fans and almost like passive aggressively laughing and going well it's not yeah. our fault and i think after a, a, yet another really disappointing mm. result mm. the last thing you want yeah. from the people that you know we're essentially paying the wages of yeah, through yeah, our hard-earned yeah. money yes. is is someone kind of laughing, and that's what I saw. I think that's it. key. I think your I think the words that you've used there, Jack, there antagonising. A lot of fans will agree with you. I think I personally don't think it was antagonising, but I would say the you know the the smiling as such. You just can't do it. And again, the flip side of that for. You know, because just the other week on this podcast, we were praising Anel Hernandez mm. after another shit performance. Um, and by the way, not, I mean, from the team. Um, he goes over to the fan that was goading him in the snake pit, has a conversation, shakes hands and walks off. But he's not doing any of the passive aggressive mm. bits, right? And I think we saw it, what, worry, it, it wasn't a positive um, coming together because we saw mm. Ed Wooten then literally pulling cues away and you and, and like these things happen right we've seen it in the past often with you know when Dave McNally was kind of hounded out and we've already seen it with Stuart Webber like these things do happen mm. and I think sometimes these issues are blown out of the water a little bit too much but I just looked at that and got and have gone when when you're losing like fans are angry and yes. fans want to see the similar reaction from those people yeah I saw a man who really like didn't really care that we just lost and, and, and I think that translates onto the pitch because quite often this season I've seen you know us concede multiple goals yeah. and everyone's looking at each other, not really yeah. caring, knowing there's summer break coming up. And that really disappoints me. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I don't, um, I don't agree that he doesn't care. Of course, he cares. Of course, he wants Norwich City to win, to win football matches. And I really liked, I really liked his. Um, I forgot what the club called it. Now was it called the Insight? Possibly. What was their little content thing where they like interviewed people? And I really liked what Andy Hughes had to say about his position and what he does as what he did as loan manager, etc. And actually, at the start, um, when he became first team coach, obviously, of course, after Alan Russell. It was his uh, his ideas for the corner kicks that actually won us that game, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's 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 good. Um, but look, needless, and I think it, you know, it demonstrates where we're at. I don't think he's a bad guy no. at all. Equally, I, I just think it. I just think it sums up where we're at. I think we're at that point now, Chris, where you know, even if something good had have come out of that conversation, we don't care anymore. We just want to see wins. And yeah, and yeah. you can you know you can put out all of the puffy PR and the apologies as much as you want. Yeah. Norwich City needs to win football matches and they're incapable of doing it at the moment. Yeah, look, look, we are at that point. Like, you know, I was clutching at straws the other week by saying it was good that at least an L fronted up and apologised. And like, there is a place for that. You know, but one in 10, you are at the point where you're like, no, 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 come on, lads, just just win a game of fucking football. Mm. Come on. Um, Yeah, no, it's worrying. And the, the... where we are at now, at this point in time, of as of recording now, Bank Holiday Monday, is that we're in a position where whatever we, we need the club to communicate now as soon as possible. The problem is, is that they have to get it right because the place is on fire. Mm, mm. <laughs> and actually, no matter what they say, we're going to bulldoze all over it. I say we, I mean the Yellow Army will bulldoze all over it because we're pissed off, we're angry because we just want wins. Mm. But if they don't communicate and so... It's just a massive clusterfuck. Mm. It's a massive clusterfuck, the position that we find ourselves in on and off the pitch. I really, really do think that, Jack. And it's a strange position that we've got ourselves into for Blackpool, our final game of the season at home. It's Pookie's last game. It should be a joyous occasion. Yeah. And, and we're going to be trapped in between the emotions of wanting to give one of the club's best ever players the send-off he deserves. Yeah. And telling the football club that we are not happy with what we're seeing so like where does those emotions mm. combine and, and like what happens well it's a it's a real and we're up against a side already relegated <laughs> the, i mean look mate I, I am i'm really concerned about this game going to blackpool i really am actually i'm really i'm actually quite upset i'm i'm actually really upset that we are as i like that word you've used there jack trapped mm. because how sad is it for Timu Puki? Mm. I hope to God that, you know, and I implore that, you know, if you're lucky enough to say lucky enough, sorry, you're not lucky to go to Carrode <laughs> at the moment. I mean, if you are, go, if you're making the decision to go to Carrode for that Blackpool game, please, please give Timu Puki the send off he deserves. Please sing his name. Please sing his charm. Please applaud him every time his name is mentioned. Let's, let's give him a standing ovation as he leaves the pitch. But the flip to that is I totally understand why supporters will mm. want to, you know, make their voices heard. And I think it's only fair we say it. Again, the football club won't won't thank us for saying it, but there is a protest planned for outside the the, the ground before the game. Uh, outside the director's entrance, the the tagline on the graphic going around is enough is enough. Um and this is now, you know, and this isn't it looks to me like it's not going to be a couple of people with a bedsheet. This, mm. I, th- I think it's going to be more, and I understand why, because the club 
are still not communicating. And so when you can't give fans hope, belief and answers and wins, this is what you get. This is what you get. And so, as I've said a million and one times before, it's fascinating the thing with the protest, right? Because I'm intrigued as to what people are protesting because is it, is it Stuart, is it about Stuart Webber? I can understand why. But the thing around the ownership's interesting because for me it's very obvious that the the Atanasios will shortly be taking the majority shareholding. Mm. Mm. I mean, that's now only going through the, the legals. And by the way, I'm not discrediting this no. this movement, this protest. I understand why it's happening. I'm, I'm upset that our football clubs at this point. I understand why fans will be doing it. Um, but I, do, I am... I'm like, I can't believe I think, this is where we're at, Jack. I think you, you, you're spot on there with saying, like, what are they protesting against? And I, and I, and I use they as a... I don't know who's going to be there. I, I, I won't say who it's from. From an, another Norwich City fan who sent me the, the Enough is Enough ad. Oh, right, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, he put, it's not clear what the problem is. We certainly don't have a solution. Um, but we deserve better because, well, we're Norwich fans. It stinks of privilege. And I mm. kind of understand it. Um, I don't think this thing's uh, a privilege. And it also was, you know, two promotions in five years has led us to thinking that this season is intolerable. And it does make me, like, I think this is the problem is we don't know what we're protesting against. Is it Stuart? Is it Delia? No, I think it's the whole lot. No, I do think it's the whole lot, Okay, so what what does this help with? That Um, would be my argument. I think, I I mean, yeah, and by the way, to be clear, I'm trying to get in, in a... I'm trying to get in the head of uh, someone that is going to protest. Yeah. I think they are just wanting their voices to be heard because at the moment, do you not think people the club already stands, know that? People, no, I don't. Really? I think I think the, no, I, I think there is a real. Um, I, I think the club, as I said this last, time, I think the club are lucky. I think the club are blessed. I think the club massively take for granted and look, prove me wrong by doing something, please. Mm, mm. 20,000 Norwich City fans have renewed their season tickets for next season. Mm. So, you know, I, I think they want their voices to be heard because at the moment, here's what happens, Jack. People go to the games. The whole stadium is a fucking morgue. Mm. A goal goes in and everyone leaves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then people moan on social media, but then people, ju- but then inside the club, that's seen as, well, it's just people on social media. So mm. I understand why people yeah. are making a stand. I think they are protesting the lot and that's fair enough. My personal opinion on it is that I'm just upset that it's got to this point and I just wish that the club would give some belief, some hope, just something for us to then... For this to not happen, right? And I, and I suppose the reason it's got to this stage is because there's been no clear or constructive communication up to this point, which means Norwich fans feel that this is the last resort. And that's a really sad yeah. place to be. And I think if if things are communicated, as yeah. Stuart did four years ago when he first came into the football club, four yeah. or five years ago, yeah. it doesn't get to this stage because there's a yeah. plan. What's happened is, you know, there's been the, the butting of horns for the whole season. Yes, yes. No one quite knows the direction of travel. Jack, not even just before this season, before yeah, that. And, the season before it was like that. And it gets to this stage when you don't communicate. Because almost through fear, because whatever you do is going to be shut down. But that's down. not an excuse. No, I, I, yeah. It's not an excuse. You can't say I'm not... Oh, no, 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 I'm not... You can't say yeah. I'm not communicating with our fans because they won't, you know, accept either way. How do they know that? Yeah, because actually, when they've communicated difficult messages yeah. before, 
Norwich fans have gone, okay, yeah. look, look at the relegations under Farker and Alex Neal. Yeah. There was no, you know... I th- I, th- I think what's a- probably... Anger then. I, what you said at the start of this this conversation, chat was around the um, the expectation, right? And that, that, that whoever the person was that sent you enough is enough, etc. I do agree that our expectations were, you know, through the roof this season, but I would actually... I would actually side with that standards. I don't think we were saying we were going to obliterate the league with a storm. I'm not saying that we should have, you know, 100 points, 100 goals. I've absolutely not said that. Don't get me wrong. I've said that, you know, Wang, Wanger, <laughs> Wagner's Whopper on, on Wembley Way. I've said that. And I believe that we could have and should have done that. I think standards is that a minimum because mm. of the parachute payments and the quality that this squad has got which people within the football world have said we've got, we should be in and around the playoffs. That's standards. That's not privilege. Mm. So I disagree with that word of privilege. I do believe that the, the balloon has been popped, though, mm. and that hurts. Mm. And what rubs salt in the wounds is, of course, the blue and white scum have finally decided to, to buck their ideas up after four, four seasons and get promoted as well. That doesn't help. And so, again, I implore the football club, if you've got good news, please share it with us because... We need it. Time for the Twitter questions. <laughs> right, Twitter questions once again. Um, thank you for all of your insight because I think you mentioned the word apathy there earlier, Chris, and I think it does get to the stage in this season and, and, and I'm guilty of it as well where the last thing I want to do after a Norwich defeat is consume Norwich City content. Right? I just switch over. I switch the channel over. Yeah. And I try and forget about that I support a football club really struggling in the championship. But... Plenty of you getting involved, so thank you. Erland will start with a slightly con- yep. controversial one, I think. Um, he says, Weber is not to blame for the poor performances this season. Wagner is not to blame for the performances this season. Us fans need to take some blame for not backing the team in the stadium all season. Quieter than a funeral at times inside of Carrow Road. Oh, jeez. Um, I... I... God, I, re- I really disagree with that. Mm. Um, but to be fair, the, you've these, said at times this season that, you know, Carroll Road has been really quiet. I, I think look, we, we've got a part to play there. The, the one thing I agree with is Carroll is a morgue, mm. obviously. But there is a reason why Carroll is a morgue. It all comes down, everything all drips down from the top. Mm. You know, the words from your leadership matter, the way that you conduct yourself, um, what you what you put into the public forum it, it it's it's critical it mm. makes sense and it's it's so important and so i understand why norwich fans have got to the point where that don't get me wrong like i i hate it i hate it like i'm in the stands and i'm shouting and the reason why your ear hurts is because no one else is singing and you're not singing because no one else is singing mm. so i'm singing basically it's me and five people <laughs> in the in the a block or wherever we are is it the e or e a block. e block sorry the e block. we were in the a block um, sorry we were in the a we're now in the e um i agree with that but it all drips down the top it's not it's not the fans fault it's not the repeat after me it's not our fault it's not our fault. I think, like Rob Butler always says, and I agree with him, it's like not. it's never the fans' fault. I think if you look in like any successful business that's customer facing, the customer is always right, and yeah. sometimes that's difficult to take. Yes. If you're a, you know, if you're a waiter and you've served up some some decent food, and yeah. for whatever reason they don't like it, yeah. like sometimes you just have to take that on the chin and go, you know yeah. what, they're a paying customer, yeah. Yeah. they're right, yeah. and I think that's a big thing here, like. 
in, in any other business, if you've got a, a, a consumer paying you north of £500 a year and you're providing no form of service for that, like you have to take some um, some of the responsibility as a, as a business. Yeah. And, and like, yeah. I think that's of what course. it comes down to. Equally, I don't agree with like refunding fans or stuff because mm. I think there's an expectation where you go knowing that it could go either way. Yeah, but I, I, I agree. I, I think blaming fans is a really poor move. They well, look, it, it it was always a a bit of a it's a bit of a cliche in football, but it was always a thing that I've believed in is that when you hear the manager start to blame the fans, mm. that's normally the end of a manager, isn't it? And I, we and saw I, it with Smith, absolutely. And you know, and, and, we, but, but it's not just Dean Smith; it's football managers yeah, across the country, yeah. Jack. It really, really is. That's my concern with if and when Weber does come out with his end of season yeah. talk. That one of the key points will be, and they would be stupid if it's a club one to include this, but I think it will come up. Is that, and he said it when Wagner came in, that one of the big reasons of sacking Smith was fan sentiment. Mm -hmm. And I think Weber will be of the opinion of league position hasn't improved. Mm -hmm. He's got rid of a man that he clearly really liked and backed. And that was part, he said, okay, I did what the fans want and it hasn't worked. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what will come up. I, I fear that that's, well, I hope to God it's not. Let's uh, change the channel. Okay. Let's go to Chris Kemp, Kempy Boy, nineteen ninety one on Twitter. He says, "Rants. Only positive thing about this season is the kit, but unfortunately, everything else was an absolute shambles. The minimum should have been playoffs at least. Big changes needed in the summer. A creative playmaker is a must. I mean, let's let's start off with the kit. What a crying shame because the Great kit, kit the kits have been beautiful. Great and kit. Now I now there's two two football." sayings that I, I've now agreed with as a consequence of this season. One is never, ever, ever, ever fall in love with a lone player. Yeah. <laughs> I've fallen for that so many fucking times. Have we done it this season? I at the beginning I thought Isaac Hayden was the was the man to make the difference. And the second thing is good kit, shit season. Yeah. Yeah. And and yeah, so uh, look, but it seemed maybe the club should stick with the same kit for next season. Oh, no, no, actually, you've got to change got it. Got to change it. Just make it really bad. Make it horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Give me like Italian mopeds. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, what, mate? That was class. I know, but mate, that kit was gorgeous. Yeah, and we did. Paul... But that that goes against your theory because that was a nice kit and we yeah, did well in it. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, um, cre a creative playmaker is a must as well from Chris Kemp, and this is interesting, right? Because. Dowaldino mm. looks to be out the door up north um, with Todd at, at Rangers. Strange one, isn't it? Because I think if you'd have asked me, would I like to keep Dowell six months ago, I would have said no. Mm -hmm. I think my mind's probably slightly different now. Like It's one of those that I must admit, Chris, and this probably isn't a great answer, like, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Okay. Like, I'm, not, I'm just not fussed. Like, he's had good moments. Yes. He's clearly a good player in there. Yes. His injury record really worries me. I think the first six games under Wagner, he was really impressive. Yeah, yeah, and I think yeah. he had a great spell at the back end of Farker's yeah. last championship campaign. Um, Is it just a case of with Dowaldino, injuries killed him? I think so. And equally, I think we need to freshen up. And I think yeah, I holding on to these players... And probably he needs a, 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 a like a restart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I think at the it was at the end of that season in lockdown when mm. he was he was also looking yeah. pretty good. He scored a, a cracking free kick away at Derby, I think it was as well yeah. when we won one nil. Good um, memory. That was good. 
Dowaldino. There were, you know, there's been some some really impressive moments, and, and obviously, <sighs> but I, th- I think for me, injury. I'm the same as you, Jack. Like, I, I like I like Dowell. I like him, but like at the same time, you know, he's not a player that I would be devastated that would leave because of the fact of, of where we're at and the injuries that he's had. And I believe that Norwich City need more consistency. We need players that can be at least, well, we're at, at the moment we're at fours and fives. We need players that are at least sevens and eights every single game, not not players that can have a 10-game spell mm. and get injured. And that's the cruel world of football. And right? I think there is something in saying as well, like, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not comparing us to Alex Ferguson's United team. And I'm also not comparing um, Dowell to any of those players. But you saw with Ferguson at United, like as soon as a player had a good season, he'd often let them go. Yeah. Because he wanted people like re-energised, hungry. Yeah. And I think it's difficult in football because you get attached to these players. Let them go when the going's good and we can freshen up. The problem comes is how do we re-recruit because we've been Mm. let down there. So I think Norwich fans are really attached and sentimental to these players because we feel and I think rightly feel because evidence has backed it up that we're going to find it difficult to to find someone as good as as who we're letting go agree with most of that except that I actually my observations are Jack is that the majority of North City supporters now are ready to actually see you later to most of this team, actually, to I be honest with you. I think you're right, and I think that's what we need, but it worries me with who we, who we find. Well, of course, I, as I said in the last podcast, I don't believe we'll recruit well anymore. This is an interesting one from Reese, and I, I guess it's more of a statement, and we've already covered it, but I, I want to read it out anyway. It says, Weber needs to apologise to the fans. He knows deep down the recruitment has been very poor the last few seasons, and it's unacceptable that he's blamed fans for atmosphere when we already pay one of the highest prices of season tickets in the country and have a great away following. The fans have been taken for granted and the comments he made at the end of the season interview last year about the atmosphere were so contradictory as then they then decided to raise the season ticket prices which surely makes it harder for younger fans to obtain a ticket. Look, I really wanted, I want to respond to the back end of that straight away, Reese. This is a problem that's been, uh, the, the club know about this. They've known about it since the beginning of Ben Kensel's tenure at the football club because he's told me about that. Norwich City have a problem where they've almost allowed too many season ticket holders. They haven't incentivised young supporters in, right? That is a problem that they've had for so long now that they are aware of. But I agree with the sentiment of this message, Reese. I think it's a fantastic thread that you've put together there. Um, you know, I, I do believe that the club don't realise how lucky they are to have the fans that they've got, you know. Over 1,700 people went to West Brom, mm. which was basically a dead rubber Probably game. Probably just to go to the Vine, to be honest. Don't get me wrong, that's a quality one. But what about this, though, Jack, about an apology yeah, from Yeah, I think, I think Reese. If, he, if I, he's shared a heartfelt apology... I think he's. I think Reese is right. And, I, and, I, and I'll put it out there. I, I like Stuart Webber. I think... He's an like on the whole, he's an impressive operator, and and he's someone who I'd go for a pint with, and I I think he's an engaging would communicator. You? Yeah, I, I think I would. he'd scare me if I went for a I, pint. But I kind of like that. The the thing I want to see from Stewart, and I'm not sure if he's got it in the locker. I want to see him soften up a bit when he talks, because when I get mm. the, I get the impression, and like it works when you're doing well, it doesn't work when you're not doing well. I see a man incredibly defensive, mm. lots of pent up frustration because he hasn't talked it through, right? Mm. I see a man really struggling to, 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 to just 
like provide some empathy. I just don't think, I think he yeah. thinks, and maybe rightly so, because there has been a lot of criticism, yeah. that he's got the world on his shoulders mm. and everyone hates him. Mm. Actually, I think he got loads of love and all it takes is one summer of mm. good recruitment and I think people are back on board. Well, uh, well, I think it amplifies the hatred when we're not hearing from him. And I get a sense, and I think it's the worst tone to portray, of passive aggressiveness. Mm. I just want to see Weber soften up and go, you know what, guys? I got it wrong. I'm really yeah. sorry. I did try my hardest. Yeah. I am fully committed. Well, I think I think he's at the point... I, I, I do genuinely believe, uh, reputationally, Jack, that he is at the point where... He's very much backed into a corner, and actually, I think the only thing he can do now is to do that. I, I think, I think, as you say, everything, everything else that he's tried is is not worked, and so I, I agree. Like, I would, I would love to see that. I would love to see that. I'd love to see Stuart open up and really own it. But unfortunately, in his world, I think not just his world. I mean, his world is in that band of sporting directors across the country. They almost see that as as a weakness. If that you makes know, sense, you know who I want to hear from as well. I'd love to hear from Zoe. Yeah, because I think there's. Yes, me too. I think there's often. Me too. Um, I think people don't quite know what she's about. Mm -hmm. She's a very impressive operator. She's done remarkably well to get in the position she's done, and done a lot of very good stuff for the club. But again, it's it's someone that we don't hear from. Yeah, I'd love to sit down with Zoe and have a chat. Yeah. Well, look, Zoe. I mean, to I be fair, I have to make this clear as well. We. I have asked Zoe to come on. This is, I, I'm going to say this, actually. This is important, right? We're not just saying, oh, you know, the club needs to communicate and we're not doing anything about it. I want I want the people that subscribe to us to know we are actively trying. Um, I have messaged Zoe and I have said to Zoe, Zoe, when the time is right, please, please, please come on the podcast and communicate. You know, let, let's actually have a conversation. Don't get me wrong, it's going to be fucking difficult. And I think we've, I think we've proved as well, maybe, maybe myself, is I'm willing for someone to come on here and go, you know what, Jack, you've chatted shit and yeah. I haven't appreciated it. Well, Russ Martin it. did it when yeah. you said that he, he, wasn't, he wasn't good enough. Fine, yeah, tell I me mean, that. I do it every week you that do. You, you, know, you talk nonsense. I want to get this in from Lee, um, Lee Widdett, who I, I, I think isn't my biggest fan um, or maybe our biggest fan. Maybe I'm wrong, but I've definitely seen him give me some stick in the past. But I think it's fair that we open up this conversation. Um, Lee says, hi, lads. Wondered if you could discuss, and I know this is a sore point, but just like, let's be empathetic. Wondered if you could discuss whether the Farker sacking has proven a good decision for the club in light of all of our best technical players leaving and a lack of youth progression since. Cheers. Lee, I'm sensing a bit of sarcasm. I know you're a big Farker fan, as were we. I will start by saying I think technical players leaving and um, a lack of youth progression coming through wasn't... Like, those things weren't 100% happening because it was Farker, right? David Wagner is now fielding one of the youngest North City sides in, in decades, actually. My concern would be here, I think you're, you're spot on in terms of, like successful youth players coming through because although it's the younger side mm -hmm. I don't think any of them have, have, have proven like that they're good enough at the moment maybe the time will come I think that's a bit harsh I, I don't think, think they have shown, I think I don't they think have no no they have all we'll shown lose, glimmers they've I shown I don't, glimmers I think, I don't there's think green have. shoots there Jack. I think your standards Andrew, have dropped so no, no, no. far Andrew Roman Bamadeli Liam Gibbs no 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 there's green shoots there they're, they're part of a side that have lost nine of all they've won one in ten okay, what I on. would say is it's concerning that we've invested tens of millions of pounds in a grade one academy and under Stuart Webber 
and the the people leading that academy know what like no one's really come through and no one's been a value that we could sell under this current like the likes of i know madison didn't come through but he was recruited like these were pre-weber mm -hmm. the murphys yeah Carlton Morris, um, Ben Godfrey, I know wasn't a direct. Max Aarons was through before Weber. So that would be a concern for me. I also think like the Farker thing, Farker did well. Two of the most memorable and successful mm. championship sides that this league has ever seen. Yeah. But like things move on. And it was clear that there wasn't necessarily a plan B. And like, I'll hold my hands up, right? I hounded Farker out because I didn't think he was the right man. Did you hound him out? Well, I wasn't happy. You I published think, a video I, stating your opinion. Which yeah, you and hounded I, him out. And I don't, and I don't regret that one bit. The 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 the, the predecessors after him yeah. have hardly um, have hardly you know done amazing things, but that's not. Like, it doesn't mean that Farker would have excelled because of the people that have come in after him haven't done well. I think the, the sacking of Farker almost came too late. I think the sacking of Farker was the right thing to do. Well, look, don't take and I, and I don't regret any of the things mm. I said about Daniel Farker. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you hounded him it, out, Jack. I think you said your opinion and... and you know, of course, you know, Pete, and you know, I still, I still respect everything that he did for our football club, but the time was right. Like, we were dropping like a sack of shit in the mm. Premier League again. He'd run out of ideas. The worst look, win percentage of any Premier League manager. Ignore what, for a minute, ignore whatever we say, right? Well, you probably ignore whatever we say anyway, and rightly so, because we talk absolute nonsense. But ignore what we say. What was a, what was a fascinating moment for me was listening to Christoph Zimmerman talk about Daniel Farker and the end of, of his period at the football club. That for me was telling because Christoph Zimmerman and, you know, he is, a, he, you know, of course he still keeps in touch with Daniel Farker and stuff. Even he said, yeah, yeah it, right it was, it. you know, it, it, it was the right time. It's um, very easy when things are going wrong to look back in the past yeah. of the, when it was going right and go, well, that would now work now. Yes. It, it doesn't yes. work like that. And I think it's a really cowardly approach to go, well, we we changed it and it hasn't worked so we should just revert back yeah. to type and yeah. like you're going to take you're going to make decisions mm, that sometimes yeah. don't work i almost actually feel like in a funny sort of way the club sacking daniel farco when they did almost protected him from the abuse of another relegation mm, <laughs> in mm, a weird way mm. i actually just want to come back to something that you've said in uh, earlier jack which was around certain players you know being bought in pre weber here's an interesting insight which i think most people don't know about i remember russell martin saying to me i don't know if it was on the podcast or, or off air again this speaks volumes about russ martin the club didn't believe in max mm. and russ martin spent a lot of time saying hey this boy he is fucking quality he is absolutely brilliant he is going to be an elite footballer and don't get me wrong the club then took the leap of faith and fair enough but now you know, a lot of people are, you know, inside the club are taking the credit for Max, but actually <laughs> the people that are in it, mm. they, some of them wanted him gone. So I think that, you know, again, to, you know, show both sides of the story there. The thing on Daniel Farker, just to finish, Lee, I know you're a massive lover of Daniel Farker and he can do and no that's wrong. Fine and as well. You know, of course it's fine, but, you know, that Stuart Webber, um, in hindsight, brought in the wrong man, but I still am adamant that it was the right thing to do to remove Daniel Farker from his position. 
I really, really do, for his sake, because it was going to get bad. Our record before he went was absolutely atrocious. I'd say just one last point on this. I think, and it's often difficult to see, and nor should fans need to know the, you know, the, the comings and goings of like biz dev people and like scouts, right? Because we've got enough to follow already. But really good people were leaving under Farker. Yes. Like that hasn't suddenly happened since he's left. Yes. As many people have said, Nick Masher to name a name, obviously, you know, <laughs> ridiculously credible national journalist has said for lo- a long, long time that the that the problems run deeper. And that was uh, uh, and that's not me blaming Farker for good people leaving. I'm just saying this thing has happened yes. since pre and during Farker. Really, really the club's been in a in a slow and steady rot for, for some time. I'm going to lighten the tone, Jack. Go on, then. I'm going to lighten the tone with a statement from Ashley. And he says, statement, Ballymumba, 23 to 24, NCSC player of the season. What about that? Ballymumba, he won the EFL League One player of the season. Was it a young player? player. Yeah, yeah. Remarkably, having not played for us this season, Ballymumba's probably been our best player. (laughs) He's been brilliant. And and you know what? What an incredible achievement from Plymouth. Yeah. Because they have been chased and chased by those lot we know down the road and Sheffield Wednesday and you would have said 10 games ago that if there was one team to get chased it would be Plymouth and they have consistently ground out results. Fair play to them. Do you think brilliant achievement? What what I think is interesting around Bally is I think he's clearly been given the the license to go and attack. Yeah. We've seen him score some absolute belters Worldies, this yeah. season for, for Plymouth. I know people will say, but yeah, it's League One, Chris, but I think that's an important element, right? I think if Bally does come into the fold this summer, which he could do, given some potential player sales, I'd really like us to play a system that enables him to get forwards. Mm. Um, because, of course, I think defensively there's still work to be done, but I'm a huge... I'm, I am all aboard the yeah. Bally bus. I think Bally Mumba can be an excellent player. And, I, and, you know, let's credit Stuart. You know, what a brilliant signing that was from Sunderland. That is great recruitment. I know, don't get me wrong, I know that, you know, he's not obviously excelled for the first team yet, but I I think that he's found a little diamond mm. there in yeah. Bally Mumba. Excited. And brilliant achievement. Well done, Bally, for, for winning well, that yeah, award. And well done, Plymouth, as well. Um, a positive from Bangkok Canary. A, a positive? Yeah. Strangely, I'm not too worried about next season. This league is so poor. After the season we've just had, and to still be in around the playoffs at the end proves anything can happen. Lots needs to be done to win the fans back over, uh, but only way is up if we're all in it together. Too late. Uh, you know what, Bangkok Canary, I admire it, and 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 the the part of my brain that still wants to be positive because if you if you took everything, you know, as it is, you would be seriously down. And like we, fo- supporting a football team should be fun. Mm. So I am trying to remain positive, and things do change really yeah. quickly in football, and it doesn't they take do. that much. They do. And I am looking at it and going, Bangkok Canary spot on. We have had the worst season I can remember. And until West Brom, there was still a chance of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Now, that's nothing to shout about because it just means the rest of the league is really poor. Hang on, Jack, I'm sorry, I just need to interrupt you there. As long as you can remember, do you remember Daniel Farker's first season? That was much that worse was than poor, this, surely. But there wasn't, I'd say the quality of play was less and the expectation wasn't there. But by the way, let's put that in the room though. I think that's an important thing to talk yeah. about, right? Because things can change quickly, they as can. you said, right? Absolutely. And I think all it takes is a few good signings, a freshen up around the place. You only have to look at, you, you mentioned there, six wins in Wagner's first nine games. Yeah. You do that over the course of the season, you go yeah. up. 
of course it can be I, done i think it's difficult at the moment for narcissistic Absolutely fans to get difficult. positive right because we're getting it from ipswich fans we're getting it from our own football club hierarchy we're getting it from from each other we're getting it from bloody i've just got one here from a bloody villa fan who thinks that dean smith's the best thing since sliced bread and that it's our fault and it wasn't ever dean smith's fault and we're just getting it from all angles you know what are. i like that that there's a bit of needle because we have been too nice for too long but Here's something that's linked to this, Jack. We recently, of course, had a special episode of the TNC podcast with Robert Green. Yes. Of course, legendary New York City goalkeeper, went on to have a fantastic career. Two things really stood out for me from that conversation. One was he had a conversation with Nigel Worthington and he said, Nigel, this team ain't good enough. Mm. You need to sign some players, sunshine. Nigel Worthington then caused a bit of a stir amongst the board and said you need to back me. If not, this is on you. And this mm. is Robert Green's words, by the way, not mine. Go and watch it if you haven't already. Yeah, really good. Fascinating watch. Loads of fascinating insights. But the other thing from Robert Green is, don't forget, he joined Norwich when we were meandering around the mid-table as well. It wasn't going so well, okay? And then, of course, we went and signed Hux and Crouchy and look where we ended up. And I think that's the second part for mm. me, which, which is, Robert Green said, the way that you win the championship, you sign better players than everyone else. Mm. It's as simple as that. People don't want to admit it, but that's the truth. Uh, I'd, I'd even say, you look at, so the, I'd say three of the top six, uh, and this is in the nicest way possible, just average teams, right? And I'm genuinely because it embarrasses Norwich even further, so I'm being nice here. <laughs> Luton, Coventry, and Millwall yeah. are currently third, yeah. fifth, and sixth. Yeah. Millwall, we've beaten both times yeah. and have just been okay at home yeah. and just ground out games. Yeah. Luton have done a remarkable job on a shoestring budget. They've got the most out of their striker. Yes. And Coventry, remember when we beat Coventry at home early on the season? They, they were without a stadium. Mate. They were a shambles. Mate, I would have wedged on them to go down. And they are fifth. Yeah, and I'm fair play to them, by the way. I've always said that. So it doesn't take much in this division. Now, yes. what I would say is I think the league will be stronger next season. You've got Definitely. three big teams coming down absolutely whatever we say about Ipswich they've looked really good this season Plymouth are going to be coming up with a bounce and you might have mm. like a Sheffield Wednesday so yep. the teams coming up and the teams coming down are all good that throws six decent teams mm. into the equation as well as you know the teams that don't got that's how I, that's the reason why I can't get positive and why I believe we're staring at mid-table mediocrity I don't because, disagree with that because, but with the, the hope that you have to hold on to of is course. that things can turn quickly. Of course, quickly. of course, of course. It's just um, few and far between in terms of belief at the moment. Um, what about this from Chris Reynolds? I'll put you under a bit of pressure here, Jack. He says, if Giannoulis is the answer, what is the question? Uh, I've been really disappointed with Giannoulis this season. I really, I thought Giannoulis was like technically one of our most sound players. Right. Not seen anything to get excited about. I think about that's really harsh, Jack. I don't... Do you? I I, like the look at you know what? I, I think if you're, you, he's just in a struggling side. I, I don't buy into that anymore because really? so often this season I said provided the assist for Josh me, at West Brom as well. Oh great, one assist. You've given me so much stick this season for saying that we've got one of the best defenses on paper, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've been Good. a shambles. And, and so. I don't think any, and I'll include Max in this conversation. Okay. I don't think any defender this season can hold their heads high. No. I don't either. And I include no, Giannoulis in that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Don't get me wrong. I do agree. So anyway, if Giannoulis is the answer, what's the question? Who hasn't filled their potential this season? Maybe. There you go. 
Jack Wright says, yes. question, where do you think it all went wrong after the Millwall game? We were right in the thick of it. We've said this, Jack. We've already spoken about it, mate. I... It's heartbreaking. It isn't it? Is, like the, it even is, in the stands, is. the belief, mm. like, we were bouncing at mm. the den. What's gone wrong since then? I think injuries haven't helped. I think that's probably an easy cop-out. I think, actually, a lot of problems that were kind of being papered over have just shown their ugly heads. Mm. I think it's the culmination of a lot of different things. Um, I think it's it's just the culmination, and I keep coming back to this point, of not switching things up quick enough. I think we've tried to switch things up with recruitment, but everyone we've brought in has been no better than what we've got. And it means that we're relying on Hanley and McLean, who were here four or five years ago. And the problem is, because we haven't got them... We God, haven't got so as bleak, much money, we can't buy as many players and take as much risk, right? And this links to this point from Matt Gibson here. God, he it's says, so um, bleak. Yeah, I know, I'm sorry. Mark Atanasio, majority shareholding needs to go through this summer. The Webbers, Wagner the lot, get them out. We need a full reset. Bring in new, motivated, hungry people with new ideas. Also, the club needs to rebuild their relationship with the local press and fans, OTBC. What do you reckon to that? I think the really difficult situation Norwich have found themselves in is, is we often, so we'll, we, our kind of generation will hark back to two eras, Farker 18, 19, and like Paul Lambert 2010, 11, mm-hmm. right? And, and what those squads were filled with were hungry players yeah. who hadn't tasted Premier League football before. Yes. But when you get to that point, and that's the objective, you then have to sign players that know about the Premier League if you want to stay there. Of course. And then when you come back down, you're left with these players. Of course. But... And and, and the difficulty is for for Norwich and for Leeds and for Sheffield United and Burnley next season is you might get one season out of them, but then you need to to change the wheel. Mm -hmm. And that's when it gets difficult. That's what's caught up with Norwich. And, And actually, arguably, that's why, you know, to, to quote you, Jack, those average teams in, in, in Luton and Coventry have done so well. They've not yeah. tasted that. Yeah. They've not tasted that success yet. But also, they've not been hurt by relegation yes. as many times yeah. as those Spot North on. City players. Spot on. This, um, Matt, I think you know your main point there is about Mark Mark Atanasio coming in, and and Carl Skillings has also put in here about we do need new owners now, though after putting a positive spin on things as well. All signs point to the Atanasios. I think that is a a critical thing. Now, it's critical. We need that so badly, so badly. Um, yeah, we need it badly. And by the way, cards on the table, they've gone quiet. <laughs> they've gone very quiet, I'll tell you that. So, Richard Stocks. Go on. Flip the apathy to anarchy on Monday. Fans being mugged off by Weber and co. They need a serious wake-up call. You laugh at us old-timers, but in the chase era, we made ourselves heard. Wake up boycott or demonstrate but stop whining and take action the moment is now a rousing rendition from richard starks you know i actually yeah I, I actually understand where richard's coming from yeah, and it, i understand why he's got to that point and i'm absolutely not um not talking down of my elders and and that is how things happen i think i think it comes back to this point chris is things get to this situation when small issues over time aren't dealt with Yes, and that's what we—that's what we've come to. Yeah, lots and lots of issues that could have been fixed over time. Complacency, that haven't. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, what about this? Very, very early, uh, very early to talk about this, Jake. But why not? Let's try and get positive. 
Jake, NCFC Jake on Twitter. Let's read his bio. Norwich City season ticket holder, Lower Barkley. Love Good. that from you. Good. He says, what are your predictions for next season? Uh, 13th. Yeah, I'll say the same. And, and you know what? I always, I'm always overly optimistic with Norwich. Like I, I, I'm going to do a reaction to my pre-season predictions video in the next couple of weeks. And I, and I predict Norwich to win the league. <laughs> And we haven't. I don't remember that. And we haven't. And I, and to be fair, I, on paper, I thought we had everything. I just look at next season. Mm. I'm I'm in. I'm I'm I am. I don't think we're going to be in a relegation scrap, but I am concerned of what we will have to watch next season. Yeah. No, I am. Unless they give us something to believe in. And you, and you know what? I'm going to bring up the elephant in the room because people will want to hear it. And there's right. been a few questions about what's that about Ipswich Town. And uh, Jaden said, can see us losing to Ipswich next season. Big summer window needed. Look, all I'm saying, Jaden, is like Ipswich are riding high. To, like, to be fair, and this really hurts to say, the last two months have been phenomenal. And I like what Kieran McKenna's about. And they've got a good group of hungry players there. It's taken time. They've rotted in League One for a bit. I think we forget that they've been in that league for four seasons. If we played them now, right now, they'd batter us. It's not even a question. Things can be very different next season. The thing that really concerns me and the, and the reason I say they batter us isn't necessarily quality of player, because I think we match them, and if not better, it's mentality. Mm. Imagine these boys in a derby. They've got a point to prove. Imagine these boys in a derby. Yeah, and look, They crumble. They, they crumble yeah. against West Brom in a game that yeah. there is nothing. They crumble against Middlesbrough. Look, we've we've seen we've seen the Ipswich players mouth off about Norwich after you know finally managing to get out of League One, um, you know already uh, even on the pitch, which was very weird. Um, I get it though, Chris. Like they've had but, decades and decades of yeah, hurt. but no, I know. And like, so this is the point. Like, of course they're going to come to Carrowed, uh, a different animal. They'll they'll be motivated to to try and you know finally beat us after fourteen years. Um, and no wonder. Um, you know, you know, it's it, it's you know, it's shocking to see, isn't it? Because um, it's funny, isn't it? When they start winning football matches, all of a sudden their attendance goes up. Um, you know, I'm sure in the championship next season their attendance will magically go up again. But I think for me, um, it, it shows how uh, shallow and shite their supporters are. The fact that they turn up for one good Le- League One campaign. Um, where were you when you were shit? Is, is my cry. Um, and look, don't don't get me wrong, they'll come more motivated and hungry, but proofs in the in the pudding on the pitch and, and look, I I I am worried. Mm. I am worried. I'll, I'll admit I'm worried for, for that game for the first time in years because of that point, Jack, mentality. What I would say is, you know, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. I think there are lessons that can be learned from what Ipswich Town have done this season. Well, absolutely, because they they've needed, stolen all of our all of our good stuff. They needed a com- there's that and that and that's a concern in itself. They've needed a complete and utter rebuild. They filled their team with hungry, talented youngsters, and they've got a progressive mm. manager in, and they've nailed the recruitment. Mm. It's there a concern. Go. That's all. I'm, that's the only nice things I'm saying about Ipswich. There you go, Ipswich fans. <laughs> I do really like Kieran McKenna. So with Blackpool coming up, God. Um, I am worried. I'm worried for the. I'm what? Uh, yeah, I feel. I think my overriding emotion, Jack, going to that is I feel sad for Timu Puki. Man. Me too. I really do. It's, it, me I'm too. gutted for the guy that he's his last game. You know, like 
I, I forgot where it was. It might have been Stoke. They were people were laughing on on Twitter as as they do about the when they do the lap of honor around the pitch and there was literally five people in the stands. Mm. Oh God! I, do you know if I do you know I'd actually I'd actually put it out there if I was Norwich City, I wouldn't do a lap of honor. I'd get the lads in and draw the curtains on the season. Remember Wes's last game when he it was against Leeds, wasn't it? And he, he scored, scored a that pull. Yeah, yeah. He, he scored them both. Or he one. scored one off the post, yeah. didn't he? I just hope it's like that because it won't I be think, like that, though, Jack. I'm just it saying. I think the, the the risk here as well is, and because we've been so bad, mm. you you forget some of the good times, and I think we've started to forget just how good Pookie was. Yes. like a once in a lifetime in yeah. terms of free yeah. signing. Once, yeah. oh yeah, for for three four seasons, that guy was such a joy to watch mate like he you you give him the ball one on one it was no other yeah. he was scoring they finished i haven't seen someone as good do you know what i think in my lifetime let me try and no i think i'll be honest Best i think finisher I think. I, yeah i think in terms of finishing um, particularly in a one-on-one situation, mm. the best. Don't get me wrong. I think I think air- aerially, I'd be looking at maybe a, uh, a Dean Ashton, a, a Ewan Roberts, Holty, um, great buff. Ah, oh, Holty in the air was class as well. But yeah, for me, finishing-wise, Timmy was the man. And don't get me wrong, he's he started to fade, and just, fade and, out. And but, just encapsulated you know. that sheer joy of 1819 and and 2020 yeah, of course um, feed the goat and he will I, score I, I look back at that season chris so grateful we got to experience it he it will was be a legend such a joy he'll be a legend forevermore and i hope that the norwich city fans give him the send off that he deserves but yeah i think it, you know it could be a really bleak day against blackpool so if you're going our call to action is please give Timu some love. You know what I would really like is often final games of the season it's really sunny. I want the weather to be out and I want to go in a t-shirt. <laughs> we hope for the sun. We hope for some Timu loving but also as we have to these days because things get misinterpreted and mixed up and clipped up on social media make your voices heard. If you're upset with the current situation Norwich City are in make your voices heard but please just make sure you don't forget about Team Pookie. And because Weber doesn't like bedsheets, like if you are writing your protests on bedsheets, make it like a super king size yeah. one or something. Like we don't want a single, <laughs> we don't want a single bedsheet. Make it a, yeah. what's the biggest bedsheet? By get? the way, not, super king. And again, just to go back, we're not doing down the protest. If you want to protest, fine. I understand why, to be clear. Make it a quality Egyptian cotton bedsheet though. <laughs> exactly. Not a cheap one. Thank you for watching. I'm that, sure, are we going to do a podcast after Blackpool? I think so. I think that will... Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but then that will be it, won't it? Um, yeah, not not forever, or will it? <laughs> it? It may just do us Maybe, maybe we'll never come back. Look, I, thanks, for, thanks for doing it. No, my pleasure. Because it was difficult to get yeah. you. I think I'm actually now sadder than I was starting it, but that's okay. Well, I did warn you not to yeah. do a podcast with me this week. Last week, by the end of it, I was uplifted and I felt hope. And now? Now I feel um, like a decade of mediocrity is upon mm, us. Good. But other than that, all good. Thanks, Chris. Cheers. <laughs>